Nation, and welcome everybody. This is BMW Weekly, episode one at one hundred, no, two hundred and two. Time flies, right? Time flies. <laughs> I'm so used to the one hundreds. Uh, uh, it is twentieth of March, twenty twenty three, and spring is coming. Uh, at some point, we'll see. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Looking out of the window, seeing gray and wet yeah, and it, raining. And it is pretty gray day. That's true. That is true. I guess, yeah, it depends on the day for sure. Um, my name is Sasa Yuvonen. I'm a principal product manager on the Microsoft Research platform area. I said, meet me as a co-host is. Everybody, my name is Valik Mastikas and I'm cloud developer advocate for <laughs> Microsoft 365 and Microsoft. Excellent. So, um, in PMP Weekly, I always talk about the latest on Microsoft 365, and we typically have a visitor. Well, we haven't been, well, no, we did actually miss a visitor pretty recently because of a last minute cancellation. But today, that hopefully will not happen. And the visitor today is Mr. Corey Roth. Excellent. Corey, Corey is based in US. Um, not that I'm thinking, I have no idea. On you know, US is a pretty big continent. He's Texas. He is in Texas, Texas or he used he to be in Texas. at least. Okay. Yeah, we'll 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 certainly go on top of that. So and and Corey works as a developer, (laughs) building experiences and partner ISV experiences for Microsoft 365, and he's been an MVP for quite a few years as well. So it's a good discussion. Hopefully, we haven't recorded that yet. uh, Coming up on uh, on. Uh, his experiences and and what he's doing and all of that. So looking forward on that. Um, Other than that. From an intro perspective, anything comes to your mind, Waldek? Well, yes. Without further ado, let's jump into the interview. Sounds good. It rhymes. Corey Roth, welcome to the PMP Weekly episode 202. Uh, let's, and I have to say, absolutely great choice on the on the microphone. Um, it's good to have a proper proper queer gear, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, you know, when I was looking to choose a microphone, I said, "What did what did Vesta have?" Right, so. <laughs> so all these that the first uh, 201 episodes yeah exactly exactly that's fair anyway but Corey uh, let's start with basics uh, who are you and what do you do for living uh, I am Corey Roth I am the VP of product strategy at AppPoint where I am responsible for making some of our wonderful uh, tie graph products to do analytics for Microsoft 365 that's cool. Now, what is TieCraft? What is TieCraft products? What does uh, that TieCraft is? <laughs> so TieCraft is a suite of analytics products uh, specifically for the various workloads in Microsoft 365. Uh, we started uh, early on with just Yammer. Uh, we were one of the first uh, first people to come to market with an analytics solution for Yammer using uh, old legacy Yammer APIs. A lot of story and history there. Uh, then we uh, brought on additional workloads like SharePoint and Teams and Pages uh, and some of our newer features like calling coming up soon. Cool. And and that's basically, so of course, Microsoft provides some basic analytics, but you provide much more than the basic analytics. Is that the case? That's right. Uh, people see what the analytics Microsoft provides and it gets them started, but it doesn't answer all the questions. You know, yep. who's doing what? How are they doing it? How long were they there? You know, uh, what did they open? What did they look at? You know, all that data is available. Um, if you go sift yep. it through the audit log, and you're more than welcome to um, try to sift through the millions of rows you might have on your tenant to to find the answers you need. But yeah. uh, what makes our product unique is that we know how to 
get data out of the audit log very efficiently and model it and then transform that into something that we can use to give you actual insights on. Yeah, makes and perfect sense. Point, point there you mentioned, right? Because like you integrate with a product and I guess the way you get to the, the data that you analyze is through the APIs, right? So how, how much um, knowledge and expertise do you have to have to be able to use the APIs or is it just like, well, you're you're using the APIs, and actually, what your experience and expertise is is adding on top of that. I would say it's a little of both, right? Uh, we have, you know, what we've learned about how to get the data to the APIs, but when you're dealing with tenants that are, you know, a hundred thousand users, three hundred, five hundred thousand users, now you have to deal with volume and scale. So you have to know what you're doing from a data modeling standpoint, how to get the data in a format that you can. Uh, process uh, in a timely manner. Um, this stuff doesn't happen immediately, right? You know, for large tenants, it could take two, three, five days to get all the data we need. Uh, on top of that, you're on a rolling seven-day window where that audit log data is available. Um, so we get data from the audit log. We get data from various APIs on the graph, of course. Um, and then we collect some data in real time. Um, but then we have some webhooks as well, right? So there's, you know, we're getting data just about any way we can we can think of. Um, to get it, you know, in a scalable manner. Yeah, and then you do all of the hard work and shuffling that and processing the data and then presenting that in a beautiful way for the end users. Is that the case? That's exactly right. Uh, so uh, it goes through a whole transformation process uh, that's pretty involved, depending on the type of data. You know, discarding the data that's not relevant to what we're trying to report on, uh, translating that into a model that we can then query. Uh, most of the workloads traditionally use Power BI uh, to go get that data, uh, but in the next year, more and more workloads uh, will also have reporting services available uh, through a web portal, Teams. Uh, we already have some presence with, of course, SPFX and web parts, uh, so there'll be a number of places where you get that. We're really trying to make reporting accessible from anywhere you are without necessarily having to go somewhere else to go get it. And that, yeah. that is an interesting point because the other day we've seen, or the last few weeks actually, it was impossible for everybody to avoid AI-related announcements. Right? There was just like one after another coming every single day. <laughs> right? There's something new. How far are we from being able to use AI in Tigraph? <laughs> well, you know, I I don't have a roadmap for that yet. It's something we're definitely looking at for sure. Um, we have a trove of data, right, and it's valuable and. Pointing machine learning models at it and evaluating it, learning it. You know, uh, no, we're not integrating with any GPT models at this point. You know, but are we highly interested in AI in the next couple of years? Absolutely, um, definitely something we're we're interested in looking at. But no product announcements uh, as of yet. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. I think everybody, all of the, the, there's a lot of interest on on doing that, and then what will be the practicalities of making that AI, let's say, usable and right. approachable by the end users? Because when I think about it, if you think about basic analytics, the most important thing is to have a dashboard where you can go and see the outcome. Not that you need to have. Well, the AI can, of course, provide additional value out of it because you can ask questions and then get results dynamically. That's exactly but again, right. You know. It's not just analyzing the data we have, but also analyzing how the users are interacting with the data in the reporting model, right? Or the analytics yeah. model, either one, right? So, oh, we noticed you're looking at sites or something like that. Can we now serve you other things that are related to, oh, you're, you're probably a site owner or you're, uh, or maybe you're yeah. a communicator and you own the internet, you know, we kind of figure out what your, what your role is without you telling us, right? 
start serving yep. up things yeah. that way. So that's, you know, that would be a great use case that, you know, we can, you know, use AI in both ends, not just um, yeah. data processing, but on how the user interacts with the product. Because, you know, in all our products, we love collecting telemetry, so we collect telemetry on how you use our telemetry, right? Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's true. That's really cool. That's made up. You get some interesting right? stuff. <laughs> Yes. Well, there'll, there'll be also an interesting thing that, you know, like last week we saw the announcements coming from, from us at Microsoft about how we want to help people be more productive. And it'll be like right. something that came to my, to my mind now, like how cool would it be if we also bring in data or AI or data that we can feed AI from the vendors, like things like how I work so that the... Uh, answers that I get are more aligned with the way I work and where I am as opposed to generic across N365 because that's, sure. that's only sure. the data that we have. So they'll be interesting, like, will we ever see that ability to also to, like, to let ISVs bring the data that they have into the models that we build? Correct. Can, right. Is it, is so is it extensibility? Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's, that's actually yeah, that's really power. interesting. So, yeah, that would be really, very powerful because then you have both that, and then having exactly. an APIs for the partners and all of that to take advantage of the data. You know, that would be really interesting. Yeah, so, and adjusting data I'll, into it. You know, we have notes. context, right, on <laughs> who they might be, right? Um, so, you know, <laughs> yeah. we could feed in you know, the data that we, hey, you know, this person is probably in sales, right? Um, yep. And so the things that start suggesting to you are you know, more relevant to a salesperson. Here's Here's how to craft a proposal for that thing we saw in your email, you know, or you said yep. you said in a meeting that you're going to create a proposal for this client. Here's the data we've collected. You know, this is exactly, exactly. Seeing all this come together, that's, so that's that's really good. Yeah, that's actually oh, that's actually that's that's a really smart thing as well, considering that oh, you promised to do this kind of work. Here's a data right. and information to for you to get started with that task, rather than just having a task of doing something. So, really, really cool. Absolutely awesome. Now, Corey, you said that you are, if I remember now correctly, VP of product development, right? Uh, uh, product strategy, but yeah, basically, yeah. yeah. Product How do you get basically. to be VP of product strategy in, um, uh, in in a partner ecosystem? How do you get to be on, on Corey? How do you get Corey's well, location. <laughs> <laughs> what have you done in the past? <laughs> well, uh, my story goes way back to... You, you have one of the all this blog in our space. I think, is it is it still on the blog you had? It was, it was on the oh, yeah. sharepointblogs.net, no? Uh, no, I have my own domains. So <laughs> we're going way back now, so. Going, wait, 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 back, back, back into time. <laughs> So flash forward back to 2003, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll tell the we'll tell the quick story. So there was a group of us that worked together, and we're like, yeah, we should create this group, and uh, we, we formed this blog. You know, was uh, the site was .NET Mafia, which sounded fun and great at the yeah, time, yeah, and yeah. you know, um, served a lot of purpose. And we, you know, uh, accumulated over the years, you know, well over a thousand blog posts there, right? Um, between us, most of most of them were mine, but um, my friends would blog from time to time and on a variety of topics, not just Microsoft stuff, but, you know, you know some various vendors, some, you know, uh, open source stuff, Sitecore, things like that, anything you could think of, right? It was, it was cool. Uh, well, we all started doing our own things and, you know, the political climate change, the world, you know, not talking about political, you know, but, you know, the, 
the domain name did not resonate well anymore. <laughs> you know, so we got rid of that. <laughs> and uh, so then I transitioned my uh, my blog over to just uh, CoreyRoth.com, and that's where I continue to blog today. But yeah, so you know, it goes way back. You know, lots and lots of blog posts. Um, you know, started you started talking early. Uh, ASP.net, right when 2.0 was coming out, it was in beta. It was cool stuff. I had some early stories where, you know, I happened to have a run in with Scott Guthrie and his team because that's what he was in charge of at the time before the whole Azure yeah. Empire that he has now. Um, but yeah, chatting with his team about how to do upgrades. We were an early adopter at the company I was at. It was so it was way back. And then that transition to the SharePoint, you know, the gray hair came as I think we were talking about on our last call. And then, you know, here we are today. So, uh, to answer your question about, you know, you know, how I got the app point and all that, you know, so many MVP summits ago became friends with John White and some of the other Canadians I met up, up North. And, uh, when, uh, one of my positions ended, I think it was 15 or something like that. Uh, they had some ideas, a little product they wanted to make, um, Seemed like a good idea at the time. I was something to handle groups inside of Office 365 back when there was really no nothing connecting them, and we were pretty pretty early on. Um, um, so I built something to navigate those and put them in hierarchies, which was mildly useful, but uh, honestly never really went anywhere. So, but we liked working together, but the, the timing wasn't right. Um, so you know, I went and did some more consulting. I was an independent for a while, and. I, Works for a company or two, I think, and then uh, opportunity came up again, and that's when Tigraph Pages started. So, Tigraph Pages is a product that uh, effectively injects into uh, SharePoint with SPFX, and we collect data in real time, um, so we can do the same kind of analytics that we do um, with the rest of our traditional products, which were harvested out of the audit log. Yeah. Uh, the advantage there is that it gives us. Uh, things that you can click in real time with the browser, right? I can go get uh, information on the list item. I can go uh, look at what type of device they're using, where they came from, um, where they were detected at least, right? Um, and all those things that you can collect in the browser that you can't collect in Autolog, right? So let's just tell yep. the other half of the story. Um, so now we're looking at how we can take our Autolog data and mix it with the data we collect in the browser to really give you a full picture of everything, right? Um, and so then uh, late last year, uh, Tiger Pages of Success, along with all our other products, they're doing pretty well. And AppPoint approached us, and uh, we decided, uh, owners decided to sell the company to AppPoint, and here we are, right? And so now I'm uh, in the next phase of my job, looking at uh, uh, the next things we get to build as we integrate with AppPoint, which is really exciting. Combining our data with theirs, putting our data throughout the suite of their products. Um, and really seeing how the two of us could be a, a better together story. Yeah. Can I, can I talk about quickly, kind of in, uh, as a summary, what does Averpoint actually do? So what, what what is the core of Averpoint as well, just out of curiosity? So Averpoint has a suite of products. You know, uh, they're all tied around bringing additional value and confidence to the Microsoft 365 and Azure platforms. Um Kind of the the big uh, most successful products lately are you know the cloud backup solution for Azure, so you can back up various things, um, whether it's Azure, Microsoft 365, and a variety of other platforms. But then they have you know things that enhance the governance offering and um, 
do some user stuff with my hub. Uh, then of course our analytics piece fit naturally in that um, as yep. well. And of course, yep. uh, not to leave out the migration products as well. Um, that's called uh, Fly. Uh, you might have used to hear from the old days if you used that point in the past. DocAv that's still around a little bit um, for some on-premises customers, but uh, like uh, Microsoft, you know, we switched to mostly a SaaS-based solution for everybody. Makes sense. Now, you, you did touch, let's go back in the time a bit more, not all the way back in time, but you, you, you actually got the, the, the <laughs> I, 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 I just said, just take you, you back, 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 way back, <laughs> back, 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 back into time. Now, now but you, you mentioned that connection with friends, uh, and you've been, you've been kind of a developer um, and, and sharing your knowledge for the community. Can you talk about, a bit about the, what does the MVP mean for you and the connection and friends? Because you you are basically now connected and working with Avipoint because of that MVP and community connection. And you've been around actively in the community for decades already. It's done. Has it been that long? <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it it all started with community and friends, right? Um, back back then, I barely knew what I was doing, and only barely heard of what what an MVP was, right? And then as I started to you know contribute more, uh, which I just kind of started doing naturally, you know, I started speaking at little local events and stuff like that. You know, I heard about the MVP program, I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. Um, it took me a few years to get in, and once I discovered it, because my contribution level is getting there, and I was, so I took some advice from a local. Uh, Microsoft rep, I forget what they were called at the time, uh, evangelist, right? Um, based out of Dallas area, his name was Chris Koenig. Um, so he's the one that ultimately, you know, I talked to him a few times. I was like, oh, yeah, okay, I think you're there. You know, I'm going to switch you into the MVP program. Um, and so, yeah, that, once I was in the program, that's really where, you know, my circle of friends expanded, you know, the tech community really, really pretty valuable. You know, like I said, I met people like John White, who, uh, pulled me into the company where I am today. Um, met my wife, uh, Jennifer Mason, you know, also an MVP and uh, regional director. Uh, and of course, met all these other people that we've, you know, either had jobs with, shared work with, done, you know, done events with. You know, it's been absolutely impactful. I'm so glad to, glad to be in the MVP program and super excited about, you know, this year because there's somewhere more. Uh, so many more events, right? Uh, that are coming yep. back, and things are kind of getting back to normal. And so, looking forward to the being out there again, and seeing people again. I feel like you know, I've seen a handful of people here and there, but there's still some people I haven't seen since 1918, right? And be good to see them again, right? Yeah. Did you say 1918s? <laughs> yeah, that's all. All I am. Yeah, <laughs> yeah 2018, 2019. It's been a while. Four years. It's it's crazy. It's been that long, right? That's true. Um, yeah. That is true. Yeah, the, the times have changed quite significantly, especially for, we used to have always in-person MVP summit by default, well advanced, communicated, all of that stuff as well. And, and Everyone well, would I, come I, also. Everybody would come, that's true. I'm, well, I've never been an MVP because I've been on Microsoft, but then I've been on Microsoft side of that again and meeting people. So it's, it's yeah, it's interesting. So luckily we're heading to a direction where the in-person events are coming back. And I'm, I'm still crossing fingers that we'll get Ignites at the same level as they were in Orlando. Oh, because those right. were really cool. Those were so cool. So 25,000 people at the same room. Really? Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, we'll, we'll get back there, but takes time, I guess. Now, would you have like three or two to three tips for anybody who's looking into, hey, I want to be an MVP. I heard about this MVP. Becoming There's an MVP cool people in there. 2023. Yes. So MVP in 23. Storyline. The recommendations. How to become an MVP in 2023. Five tips. <laughs> well, what I'd say is, you know, make MVP. Don't make it like your, your goal, right? Like, I mean, yes, it's... It's, it's a good goal and like that, but don't don't really focus on it. I, I've met people in the past. They just, I want to be an MVP. And I'm like, why? And they're like, oh well, I think it'd be you know, I'm like, okay, like let's just let's focus on what you want to do, right? Let's the actual benefits to the community, right? So, how can you help the community? And you can do that, of course, a lot of different ways uh, that the MVP program recognizes. Um, people always think it's about speaking, right? And well, speaking. Um, is important because it gets you your face out there public you know people i don't think it's necessarily the top thing but it's certainly a component because when you're speaking your reach is you know however many people are in that room and maybe how many people watch the recording right it's not necessarily as broad as you know uh what you might think when you start thinking about it even if you're speaking at you know ignite there's a thousand people in your room which which is a good number, but most conferences and rooms out there, especially now, are not that big, right? And so yeah. the MVP program looks at reach. Um, and so um, there's lots of other ways to have reach without um, with speaking, right? Um, of course, tech community is a great way, right? Because, you know, somebody asks a question, if you can help answer it, you know, other people can see that. And there's real live metrics on how many how many views and how much impact you have. Um, so I think that's a great way to start, right? Tech, if you're capable of answering and doesn't have to be technical questions they're not all tech questions right so even if you're not highly technical in the program um and you're more on the end user side of things or you know power user that's fine right yep. um i also think blogs are great as well right you know or articles or any kind of written medium um i think that's great as well right because again you know your content's out there you know some of my content from 10 years is still showing up in search results and Someone's still doing stuff, some stuff with PowerShell or whatever, right? It's still relevant, surprisingly, yep. right? Um, and, you know, I think a lot of people are turning to newer newer platforms like video and things like that, you know. Um, something I still want to f- focus more on, I would love to do more like some kind of live type event myself, right? Have a discussion and have, have a call-in show like a radio talk show or something like that. I've always thought that would be super fun. So I think, you know, any way you can get your get your voice out, help people, enlighten people. Um, but don't also forget about like mentorship and things like that, right? Just one-on-one mentorship, yep. you know, uh, whether you're helping a, a new developer learn something or teaching somebody soft skills about, you know, what, what not, not to put in an email or how to communicate, you know, I mean, all this is important, <laughs> especially if you're talking to like interns and new graduates, yep. right? So, um, they don't necessarily teach you that stuff in college, right? So, sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. along with, with anything else, you know, that, kind of having years and years of experience in enterprise world, right? Because like you don't, you don't learn, get to learn that anywhere except doing the, the job. Like even if you, right. you know, you will read the founder's book and startups and all that. Well, that's one side of it, but especially in our space, enterprise world, like that's governed by its own set of rules. Sure. And it's really hard to learn them unless you either will do the job and it will take you years or you will find a mentor that will help you, you know, cut through like the noise and say like, okay, like this is how, 
of it works. So I, I guess that has also invaluable aspect to it. Absolutely. Mentorship is so important. So if you could find one, you know, sometimes, you know, I went to uh, my child's prospective college. He's decided to go into STEM and, you know, it's a, it's a STEM college. and That's all they do. Right. And so it is literally a group of introverts that, you know, struggle to talk to each other. Right. Um, it's it's been really interesting so we can put a bunch of them together and all, all these you know coming into the class next year and like you know very few of them actually talk to each other so it was a very interesting so it's like how do you get them to <laughs> how do you get to i'm like i know you're all into the same stuff right you know whether it's yeah. you know anime video games movies whatever you know, like you're i know it right <laughs> but how do you you know how do you get them talking right and so i think yeah. you know a mentor, you know, that when you get the, the workforce, if you're still, you know, haven't come out of your shell yet, you know, a mentor can help you navigate the organization, learn to communicate better, and just ask you ask you questions on how you handle the situation, give you tips. So. Yeah. That's actually a really, really, really good point for sure. Mentorships. Yeah, that's actually really, really good. So we, we do, obviously, I think, well, like you, will you do a few mentors at mentorships as well? I don't know if you do, but I guess you do. Um, I have quite a few one-to-ones throughout my week, which is, which is always good. Because, again, uh, one of the key points there is that you learn a lot from the other side as well. And and the, the, the beauty of having those one-to-ones is that you, and especially if they're more diverse means that you understand the world outside of your bubble because we are so bubble driven and then the bubble basically gives you the perspective of hey everybody knows these things no they don't everybody works like this no they don't Um, the world looks like that no in real world it's not like that so as a mentor your bubble could very well much be your agent experience right exactly you just assume everyone knows how to do this or you're talking about things you just don't know, terms you don't have because yeah. they're they're younger than you, and you know, so you, you if you keep your ears open, you listen, right? You can you learn things as well. Absolutely, absolutely, one hundred percent. Absolutely, it is it is exactly that. It is that uh, two way street where you know folks come to you for your experience and expertise, but you can get as much back learning from like how people do things nowadays, right? Like when we would start in community, like, or when, when I was started in 2007, video wasn't a thing. There was no TikTok. You oh, know, yeah, absolutely. It wasn't there. And now these things are. And for many folks, these are the, these are the primary ways in which they learn. And it's a way different experience. Like for, for me, when I think about how can I help folks uh, learn new stuff? Well, I need to think about these new ways that isn't something that I use myself in, in, in a past and also to which I don't default, right? Because it's just not yeah. in my or in my experience. Yeah. I'm right there with you, right? I don't learn well with video, um, but I know younger people do, right? You know, we were there when the video platforms came out, right? And exactly. I, you know, I but was basically, you know, brought up by management said if you're watching a video, you're you're not doing your job, right? Like you're clearly <laughs> you know you're clearly doing something True. you're not supposed to be doing. You don't want to be caught with True. YouTube open, right? You know? <laughs> and eventually stuff came on there and it's like, oh maybe this is okay, right? Like, but yeah. still not my default exactly. mechanism, right? You know. Yeah. If I have a choice between an article and a, a video, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the article <laughs> usually. So yeah. 
Yeah, I think well that, that that's one of the, the interesting things. A bit of a sidetrack, but but again, even on the on the Microsoft Learn, the the best possible uh, results we clearly get with an article where we have the same article as a video, because then the video is getting feeds, and then the, the, you basically have the same thing. I like how you all do that. Video format. I love that. So, I love that. Yeah, it's. And it's interesting how well those videos are performing, actually, as well, because it's clearly it's like, okay, they find the doc, but then they're like, I don't want to read. I'll just watch, watch the video. So <laughs> matter of preference, we are different, so, which makes perfect yeah. sense. So absolutely. Now, uh, uh, for the for the work what you do, what does what does a VP uh, in product strategy? What what does that mean in the day to day work? Are you still writing code? Yeah. How many meetings do you have? <laughs> uh, you know, I was, you know, Legacy Tigraph, you know, I had one meeting a day, maybe occasionally a day with two meetings. Um, obviously, uh, obviously that's gone up, um, but that's okay because we have bigger teams and more people to talk yep. to. And uh, I'd still say, I, I, you know, I'm pretty lean, but uh, I'm also, uh, we just, you know, established what my role kind of looks like as well, right? Um uh, in the last week or two, even so, yeah. um, it looks like you know I, I'm going to have a hybrid role. You know, I still have uh, some engineers report to me um, from the Tigraph organization, and they're a very diverse set of people from ETL to um, Azure infrastructure kind of uh, DevOps engineer, right? Um, and then you know I'll have uh, product product management roles as well, right? So figuring out what goes into um, the Tigraph products for the for the areas I'm responsible for, and working with a, a couple other product managers on my team um, as well uh, to really define what is next for Tigraph, um, along with some other you know new initiatives that we're hopeful that will be uh, be viable as well. So um, it's a combined role; it's going to be a lot of fun, I think, uh, in this next year. And uh, looking forward to seeing what we can what we can build. Uh, as you're saying, are, are, am I still slinging code? Uh, not as much as I was, um, but I'm still responsible for a lot of uh, code uh, from the Tigraph era that I'm still still putting out, putting releases together from time to time. Um, some of that will probably shift more to engineering. We'll see. Um, yeah, uh, we haven't I quite figured out who does what yet, um, but we're getting there. That's always a interesting challenge on on letting it go also on not necessarily right. writing that much code because if, if you come from a developer background you actually you're so at least personally i can relate on this really well you're basically hooked on the almost like how many rows of code i've written as the productivity metric <laughs> and and right. then you all of a sudden need to switch the agendas of oh no 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 you're coordinating and and then the more you efficiently or coordinate and do things the more efficiently other people can write the code but then it's all time away from you which is super interesting it's it's an interesting let's say dilemma on dealing with that change and transition it is and, it is and then still feeling that no no you're still valuable because you're still yeah, yeah. providing right, but right, again yeah. the bubble yeah. is causing you yeah. the, the being like no everybody i'm not providing any value i'm just ah. so yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Yeah, I mean, that is an interesting point. You're right. That is an interesting point, right? Because like first you code, then you kind of take a step, step back to let others code, but you coordinate, and then you step back even more. Basically, you get out of people's way because now you have folks who coordinate, 
But <laughs> exactly that. Like, the other day, what do you do, do exactly? Well, I mean, there are still things like uh, alignment, vision alignment, strategy, like that don't True. require you to be deep in the weeds, but have that full picture over you, especially, uh, Corey, as you said, at that point, it's a big place. You have many yeah. products across the board. And it's the one thing, like, just to, to be in the know, but also like th- thinking, like, how one plus one could be three. Like, where can yeah. you do more by combining uh, things? And that requires you to know a lot more outside your direct group, your code that you would do in the past. Right? Absolutely right. Yeah, that's absolutely right. So it's an interesting time, and there are definitely things that I just simply never had the bandwidth to get to. Um, or the rest of the team, right? And so now we're looking at putting those things, you know, up the backlog, actively work on them, and then make it happen, right? They're just things we couldn't get done, um, yeah. Uh, because we are either, you know, trying to keep the keep the lights on on the other part, or just higher value features that we thought. And there's lots of things that still have lots of value. We just didn't, never had the bandwidth for. It. So that's really exciting because that means I can really, you know, have the whole vision end to end what the product looks like and so it's exciting um it's going to be a, a totally different product in a year right um, we'll still have all everything i did before but the way you use the product and access the product and uh, interact with it will be completely different um, yeah. all these all these different places that you can go get reporting wherever you want right so bring reporting where people are that's good so really really that's cool what we're trying to do on your own terms there you go. <laughs> Reporting. Reporting. That's absolutely right. Co-pilot. Reporting co-pilot. Ooh. Better, better go trademark that. <laughs> now, um, from Pretty a time perspective, <laughs> let's do a quick round. Um, anything interesting happening this week, uh, Corey, on your world? world uh, what's happening? What, how does your week look like? Uh, just from a no NDA stuff, but yeah. in general. Uh, this week? Um Hard to say. What's, it's just still early in the, in the week, right, to figure out what's going on. But uh, I think a lot of this week will be focused on finding uh, things on our product roadmap. For example, there'll be things I'm tasked with, um, along with you know uh, further integration tasks. So um, yeah, may not be uh, super excited, but you know, I think um, we're in this kind of key phase where we're defining a lot of the capabilities and uh, fishing out their viability feasibility so that's kind of where we're at uh, we won't have any deliverables right we're not going to have any new code this week or anything like that but this is where we're really we're kind of in the beginning of a planning cycle so yep makes perfect sense well like anything interesting on your side i know what you say always interesting well i don't know how interesting <laughs> it is to you but it's, it's very interesting to me so uh beginning of march we did a virtual hackathon um yep. and we received about 130 projects to review wow. so that is that is on my plate yeah to review them by the end of both beginning of the next week so we need That's to go through them judge them yeah but it's really cool like you see folks and and it's cool to see right because like we got got folks uh to uh would hack and either come from school or be very experienced folks. We have folks who have never seen Graph before, and we have folks who have been working with Graph a lot, right? So we get kind of yep. all the things from a tutorial that folks did, which is really cool to see them. Like they went through it, submitted their hack, basically being a tutorial that it completed, and then that is it, right? So it's really cool to see these new folks who are like really, you know, just take the effort and go through it to like complicated or 
complex apps, you know, with Teams bots and AI and nice. cognitive services. And you're like, huh, like we even have folks build a tic-tac-toe on graph. And you're like, I have, like I've never seen this. So, so it's really interesting to see like it, it's very atypical use, but only proves like how you can think of it and what different ways you can bend it to work. Uh, yeah, so we get uh, review all of that, and in ten days or so, or even less, we will announce uh, the winners. That is something that's awesome. Cool, really, really cool. Uh, on my side, time? on 21st of uh, March, we're going to release the second beta of SPFX 1.17. Uh, so that's coming up on the day when All this right. is released. Uh, so a lot of stuff on the Teams and, and Viva. I need to do some wording on it. So there's, there's, a, there's an interesting, this comes back and again on the discussion on the PM side of the PM work. Can which you is, write me an announcement of a new version of SPFX? <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's interesting when you go to the... The engineers and they're like, okay, so what are we building? They're building a lot of stuff that's building features. And then you get the list of uh, release notes, notes from them. It's like, okay, but okay, let's reformat them in an understandable way for ecosystem. Because if we if we just take whatever the engineer is saying, it's like, I don't understand what that means. But okay, so let's elaborate a bit. So a lot of the work is on on making so you're sure using that GPT say, to elaborate. <laughs> yes, elaborate. <laughs> Potentially. And then, and then put on top of English. <laughs> yes, the Finglish. Yeah. The Finglish touches on top of Does GPT know Finglish? <laughs> oh, it doesn't? I don't care. Yeah, maybe it does. Well, no, it does. <laughs> so, if you would feed it your past announcements, maybe you would pick you know, the one or two things. True. True. Sure, but it's 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 one of the work is actually on there, and it's it's because again the communications is crucial for the ecosystem to understand the value of what the engineers are providing, and and that's obviously something what Corey will work on on uh, as part of his role as well, and and communication, 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 communication. It's it's surprisingly important because again we're living always in these bubbles, and then trying to figure out how do we explain the things in a way that it makes sense for the audience is is. Interesting for sure, but a lot of time being spent there for sure, and a lot of lot of other stuff on the calendar. I'm just watching the calendar. I'm freaking out, but uh, it's fine. <laughs> and to, this week is still one of those weeks where the time zones are completely yes, messed up yes. um, because Europe moves. Weeks, right? Yeah, one more week. Next next Sunday, Europe moves to daylight savings as well. So then it's back to normal. So, but still. Anyway, I guess that's it for now. Uh, thank you, Corey. Awesome to have a chat with you um, and good, good guidance and instructions and, and perspectives from your side related on product management. Always good to have a that discussion as well. And yeah, thanks we'll for having you me. back in a bit to talk more about where you've come or how far you've come based on, you know, based on the change about your role, the scope and what Tigraph is then. Maybe if it, even yeah. it has another name. Absolutely. Yeah. Look forward to talking to you uh, in the future to show show off what we've done or talk about it at least and uh, excited about the future and congrats on hitting you know more than 200 episodes i guess so that's that's cool too like <laughs> yep thank you thank you thank you keep them coming absolutely well, absolutely. absolutely we'll catch we'll catch you rescheduled uh within the future for sure but thank you Corey, on this one and uh, next we'll jump on the weekly articles uh, related uh, from Microsoft and from the community, uh, which we actually recorded already afterwards. But, you know, so <laughs> the, the magic of video don't, editing don't happens. Don't <laughs> yes. But thank you, Corey, for this one. Really cool. Thank, thank you. Corey. Thanks. Have a good one. You too. And excellent. Welcome. Uh, welcome. Thank you, Corey. <laughs>
<laughs> we are really good at this. We are really good at <laughs> this. is going so well. <laughs> yes. Uh, thank you, Corey, uh, for the for the interview. Um, and then, uh, right in the as in, in the normal flow, we'll jump on the the weekly articles. So we'll go through the articles from Microsoft and from the community around the different areas of Microsoft 365, and then some of the Power Platform news as well. Because hey, it's all related on the Microsoft Cloud, isn't it? It is. So it what, certainly. What, is. What, what do you have for us this week? So we'll start with a uh, recipe for not just kidding. Uh, so, <laughs> sorry, Monday, 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 Monday. So we'll start obviously with the great, uh, interesting announcement last week, uh, which which was uh, uh, well, I, I don't think it was a massive surprise, but it's it's actually cool to see all of the scenarios and demos and everything else around the Microsoft 365 Copilot. So I think we we as a Microsoft we've been rolling out a lot of AI features actually long time already. So this isn't really about, and I saw a a discussion which was, well, you just recently had a stake with ChatGPT and and OpenAI, and so you integrated all of this stuff super fast. Well, not precisely. Uh, We've been obviously having (laughs) work on the AI side for years. And of course, with the ChatGPT4, and we've been partnering with them for a long, long, long time. And yes, there was an investor investment uh, pretty re- recently to them uh, from Microsoft, but that really isn't the moment when we start building stuff. So designing and building and, and, and validating experiences actually takes quite a long time before we roll out features. So it's not like a moment of a, hey, let's actually do this on Monday and then on Friday we'll announce something. That's not how it works. (laughs) Exactly. That's not how it works at all. Um, But that was actually a really cool uh, announcement. Uh, Of course, this was a a really, really awesome set of features. I I love the fact that we're heading to a direction where um, the AI is helping us to be more productive. It's it's not necessarily that AI, I think there's always a fear that AI will take take away our jobs. No, no, no. That's not the intention. The intention is that we can focus on more important things and more relevant things. So getting the, let's say, the the simplistic stuff away from our table and using AI for those, um, and then focusing on on the important things is where we're certainly heading. Um, I love also the idea that you can actually just set basically and ask from AI that, hey, I I need to provide an polite response on this kind of an email, and it will give you the template, so, or something else. Um, So it's like, ooh, that's interesting. Um, but that raises also a lot of questions. It's actually really interesting. There was a good discussion at somewhere at some point, uh, I think it's some Facebook or social media uh, related on, well, isn't it kind of interesting that we'll end up in a situation in the worst case scenario where AI have a discussion on AI because the people are too lazy to actually write their own stuff. So they just use the AI to response. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it would be like, like you give a one sentence prompt to AI, which will expand it to few yes. paragraphs that will send it over to a person who will see like paragraphs of text and they will trim it down, summarize it to yep. a sentence and then reply back with why are we sending over, exactly. over the wire all the exactly. data that no one reads? Exactly. Exactly. Well, we'll see how it goes, actually. But a lot of interesting, uh, let's say, increased productivity and, and being more pr- uh, productive within the work with the scenarios and, and getting input and guidance and instructions directly from AI So, and in an understandable way. That's actually really awesome. I think some of this is actually the, few, the kind of, how would I say, the promise of the uh, 
the, the bot framework and chatting at some point, which is basically you use your natural language and then the computer helps you to get stuff done. And, and AI is really enabling that to happen, which is really very cool. It's, it's, it's also interesting, like the one thing, thing that I li like a lot is, for example, where you can go to uh, Copilot like in PowerPoint and say like, hey, I have your doc, can you turn that into 10 slide PowerPoint? Yes, yes exactly. But then there was also another thing that made me think, I think it was something around um, make proposal based on meeting notes from X. Yeah. How would that require you to be highly organized and associate the right notes? Like it requires us to work in a way that is recognized as sure. patterns that are picked up on by AI. Because if I keep track of my notes elsewhere, well, then I will not be able to do that. So in other words, in order to benefit from everything that we can get from that, we also need to understand the way it works and then align our work with that or over time we can also think that it will evolve and it, it will yep. be able to track more different types of work as opposed to no you got to keep your notes in one note otherwise i will not be able to keep track of them yep absolutely absolutely there's a lot of interesting scenarios and i think that the, the whole announcement last week was more about let's say we're announcing this is now coming and and the the Let's say the cool scenarios and 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 business processes around that, and then we'll start seeing more and more features uh, rolling out uh, after that. Now, on the Power Platform side, there was actually new features getting released last week as well, related on AI. So, which is really really cool. So, it's it's a you actually see stuff like uh, the the PVAs. Uh, come on. Uh, The, the power of virtual agents powered by OpenAI and all of that. So it's it's really, really cool. Um, by the way, Tuesday this week, if you're watching this on Tuesday when we release this podcast or the video, uh, we will actually cover the latest features in, um, in the power virtual agents with OpenAI in the community call. So that's actually really cool as well. So um, awesome, awesome another stuff. Thing, another thing on that note that was really cool was the ability to use natural language to build a power automate flow. Basically express, yeah. I want to automate this, or I want yep. to get a message whenever, and it would just build a whole thing like, perfect. Like that is a huge way for me to save my time and get my work done the way I want it to be done, yep. but then not have to, you know, fiddle with connectors and actions and activities and tie everything into that. Yep. None, none of that, like let me express the thing that I want, go through it and check if that does the right thing, and I'm done. Perfect. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, give me, give you the starting point rather than you starting from scratch and give you a, something to work on. I, I still remember Omar Shaheen uh, at some point saying, Omar nowadays leads the Word and the editor side, his CVP there. He used to be um, CVP in my organization saying that in the future, in Word, in Microsoft Word, nobody starts from a clean document, which is actually a really cool way of thinking that. So as you're writing an email, as you're writing a response, you can say, generate me a starting point point with this like start this this is the default setup and you will write that in plain english or your native language and then it will give you the starting point and then you are able to start editing and that's actually saving time of course now anyway that was really really cool what else did we have last week uh, we also had a this was actually interesting as well because this was uh, was shared in microsoft 365 uh, blog in the tech community Microsoft 365 blog, administration of Microsoft 365 into the new era on AI. 
because the reason why this is interesting, it actually addresses the questions related on data security and privacy. Because immediately when we have AI reading things and taking into account of things, okay, so what's the privacy and security implications and all of that? And, and that is being basically addressed here with a co-pilot FAQs and all of that. So really, really cool that we are basically answering to that logical immediate question by default. Uh, <laughs> You're clearly multitasking. It's like, well, what's happening yeah, so there? I was, so, I, so based on that, I wanted to look, look up and quickly find, and I managed to do that, a video that I will share with you right now. So we are so prepped ahead of time. Because we didn't catch that originally, but there's something that pops in my mind, which is a great video. It's a two-minute video or, yeah, about that, that, that explains how Copilot works and how it takes the into account things like ad calls what you have access yep. to and how does that work so this is a great video that basically makes a very high level overview of what data you have access to how do you how do you how does your prompt basically ends up being enriched with uh, the data about your your work yep. from the microsoft graph and then yep. ends up being being an answer so yep. really, really absolutely cool. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that's one of the really cool. I think Jared did a good job of explaining this chart within the live event as well, but it's great that we have a separate video explaining that. And it's it's actually interesting to notice that Microsoft Graph is here because, of course, Microsoft Graph, again, is the API to accessing information and insights in the Microsoft 365 in authenticated way. So, of course, Microsoft 365 Copilot takes advantage of that then uh, to understand uh, the permissions and context and all of that. So, really, really cool. Thank you, Walek, on catching up on that. And it's only one minute, 49 seconds. So everybody has time to actually watch that, right? Now, um, we also released uh, quite a few other blog posts uh, from Microsoft last week. So tips for using Teams chat to stay organized in case and have fun. Uh, so could kind of an end user-driven or team-driven uh, guidance on how we can use the Microsoft Teams chat and, and discussions on what are the different options and, and all of that stuff, which is great. We also had a what's new uh, on SharePoint Server Subscription Edition, which is, yeah, well, on-prem, but it is actually on-prem uh, for a lot of the customers um, in the world. They are actually still using on-prem. It might be security, it might yep. be compliance reasons why they have a hybrid setup or completely isolated on-premises setup. Um, and there are in investments uh, being done there as well. So just calling that one out uh, as well. In there, an, an interesting point, something that we've been we've been asked about a lot and there is a new version of SPFX available there. So on the page, when if you look now on, on the end, there's there's a announcement about SPFX version 151 being available. Yes. And that, that goes up from 1.4, I guess, was in the past. 1.4.x, yeah. yeah. Exactly. So, so yeah. 1.5. And, and the thing to call out here is that this is basically first step of getting stuff uh, evolved at more at the same time, it's important to understand that, of course, Azure AD, authentication, all of that, Microsoft 365 Craft, not there, API is not there. So um, it's just a technical bump on those features which are available in on-prem. Good. Uh, we also had an announcement uh, on the Vivo Connection Toolkit for Visual Studio Code, which is now in preview. Um, it's been actually silently in preview for a while, uh, but we finally released a set of uh, a video playlist, a set of eight videos with me, David Warner, and Hugo Bernier, and showcasing what does the Viva uh, Connection Toolkit actually provides uh, for Viva development, and actually even more than that, because it works in any SharePoint framework solution, uh, providing you an abstraction 
on top of the CLI for Microsoft 365 and out of the box uh, SPFX Human Generator. So it, it is actually a really, really cool um, toolkit uh, helping development of any SharePoint framework solution within VS Code. Um, a lot of interesting pro uh, productivity enhancements for developers within the VS Code. So that's really, really cool. Now, there was an announcement on, from Microsoft Craft Team. I'll let, it, let you to recent, talk about this one. Recent changes to data visibility for Microsoft Graph Call Records APIs. API. Right, so basically, uh, if you use the APIs uh, to automate or interact with recordings, you will have now um, different, or there, there is a change regarding how the data is available, accessible. So with that, if you are in the space that you use it, check it out because it might affect your work. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, bit of a bummer to say that this change went effective on February 2023, and this is released in March 15. But but it's better to still communicate rather than being silent. So a bit of a timing challenge on the communications. Now, Bob German had a uh, a great blog post related on the AppCamp, Microsoft Teams AppCamp, which is a storyline for ISVs or ISV application creation uh, for Microsoft Teams, and there's now a app camp in a box. Uh, so basic idea here is that you have a reusable set of assets uh, which you can use easily to do and deliver uh, workshops related on Teams development. It's just really, really cool. Awesome stuff. Awesome job uh, by Bob on that. Then we had tailored SDK experiences via Kyoto now generally available. What is Kyoto? So it's a tool that allows you to uh, build your own client or an SDK for an API. Right, so imagine yep. you've built an API for your org, or maybe there is an API from a vendor that you want to use, but you don't want to do a REST call to it because you want to have a, a design time, type safety, or you want to um, to benefit from some of the things like error handling or other things. Well, you, you don't need to build an SDK by yourself. You can use this tool to have basically an SDK created for you. And the cool thing is, is that it, it allows you to either build an SDK for the whole surface of the API or only a part that you actually use in your app. So basically, yep. you're in control. But in a way, it's your co-pilot for building SDKs. There you go. I said it. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And and why would we only target those APIs which we uh, use is is really the size of the, the library. Because when you think about Microsoft Craft, it's massive. So you don't want to generate or to generate an SDK for everything because well, that depending would be for a while like for things like you know cli powershell where you use every endpoint you might sure. not have an sdk sure. that, that does all of that but absolutely in typical app you're very unlikely to use every single endpoint exposed on graph or sure. any other other api right so yep. this is a great way for you to be able to don't waste time on building the SDK, but instead get the SDK, benefit on that, build on that, and solve problems for the customers. Yep, absolutely, 100%. Now, we also had an announcement of Tenant Switcher in Power Apps Mobile, and this is something which obviously being asked uh, more and more. Uh, quite a lot of us are working in multiple tenants uh, because we, we join from our organiza own organization and visit other organizations and all of that. And that's the cross-tenant uh, transition. And in the Power Platform, uh, Power Apps Mobile, uh, that feature is now available. So you can easily switch between the, the different tenants uh, for your account, which is really, really cool. Awesome work there. 
Uh, we also had an announcement on the new uh, community team members uh, for the Microsoft 365 platform community. Uh, really, really cool. Uh, we're extending our virtual cross-organizational team, uh, building open source community, coordinating community assets and all of that. And it's it's basically a team which I think the first part of that team was created back in 2014 and then it's been expanding and, and uh, growing um, because there's so many projects and things which are happening across the board um, from an open source perspective and also from community engagement perspective. And this time uh, we have uh, Adam, uh, Daniel Laskovich, uh, JC, work, what's JC's last name again? Agbert. <laughs> Yeah, that's you can pronounce it that much better than I can. Uh, but uh, Adam Wojcik, Wojcik, yeah. see, yeah, I can. Yeah, 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 almost, yeah, almost learning. good. Yeah, seven. Yeah. There you go. Marcus Müller, huh? Müller, I can do that. Yeah, so nine, that's good. Nine, that's... nine, almost ten. Yeah. Yeah, Martin Linguist, Linguistry, Linguistry, Martin Linguistry. Linguistry. Yeah. Close. <laughs> And then Milan Holzman uh, as the sixth one. So six new people, um, and these are basically the, the cross-organizational virtual team coordinating our open source assets and open source work uh, together, which is really, really cool. Actually, that coordination, the overall team is now more than 50 people, um, consistent from people in Microsoft and also community members. And, and for, I think, everybody in this team, it's really about building that best community within the world, which is welcoming everybody and trying to make sure that we scale as there's so many messages, so many requests, so many things what we're doing together with the community, helping everybody to succeed. So thank you for all six uh, joining on the team as well. Then we had a blog post from Valerie's Narputas. Exactly. About... CI CD pipes for SPFX deployment in Azure DevOps using Microsoft 365 CLI or CLI for Microsoft 365, as it's called. Yeah. Uh, basically, the whole title is a keyword bomb. It's CLI, <laughs> Azure DevOps, <laughs> CI, SPFX deployment. It's like that's actually, yeah, that's very good. It's expressive. It yes. contains, it directly tells you what the article is about, right? So in, yeah. in our words, if you use a CI CD pipe and you want to deploy your SPFX app, to whatever environment you have, how would you do that on Azure DevOps using CLI for Microsoft 365? Yep, really, and really cool. And PowerShell, it, it uses PowerShell as a shell or as the runner, yes, correct. Yeah, cool. That's that's actually, these are really good because these are the typical things what so many customers and so many partners do need. So awesome to say, awesome to say, thank you, Valeras, for sharing uh, your expertise on that. Now, you also had a interesting new blog post. Um, exactly, right? So the one thing that we see is that the way we build uh, apps these days is that they're connected to APIs. And it's really cool because it's a really easy way for us to tap into the ability to do anything that we want from basic CRUD operations to chat, GPT, open AI, and whatever else. And the challenging part there is, is that, yes, it's simple to get that to work, but the challenging part is how do we ensure that the way we handle or we work with API is robust and it will not break the whole app. And the challenging part there especially is expressing that error state on the API and mimicking that so that you can you can test that your code can deal with that. Because how you force, like I cannot call open AI folks say, hey guys, could you please break your API because I'm, I'm working on some code and I wanna test if I will be able to handle the errors, right? right? So yep. it's really hard to mimic that. Um, and there is a tool that makes it easier. Enter Microsoft Graph Developer Proxy. 
absolutely. So good, 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 great blog post again on helping on understanding the value of that tooling as well. So awesome, awesome stuff. Now we uh, there was a, also a new blog post from Hasper Larsen. This is boost your MPMP modern search uh, list layout. So basically, how do we utilize the BMP modern search? Um, and then how can we modify that to be more efficient and, and change the layout as well? That's really, really cool. Um, so thank you, Casper, uh, on that one. And update the blog post layout. Put your name there, definitely. Uh, then we had a, a blog post from Xiao Ferreira. Exactly. How to use video as a background in SharePoint pages header. That's a very interesting thing. I think that might be coming. I'm not sure if it was him or somebody else who shared on Twitter the Bing video background. Yep. The videos from that and how and yep. I think that, that that might inspire him, if it was him or somebody else, basically to show like how could you mimic or how would you achieve a similar role re result in SharePoint? Correct. Correct. And and that's basically how it looks like. Uh, so it's basically so this is how would I put it? This is a JavaScript hack um, to pinpoint that the div and then updating the image and flying that because there's no out of the box way of doing that. But again, Ouch. so in other words, one day you might find yourself backgroundless on your side because some something's changed. <laughs> Correct. Uh, it, this is taking care of the advantage of the, the modern script editor web part, which is a third-party custom web part not available natively within a, uh, within a product, um, then to hook in the video uh, as a background. But hey, it, that does work, absolutely, 100%. So at least for now. Great feedback to the team. Hey, maybe we should allow people exactly. to set, set a video as a exactly. header. We, we do the same thing in Bing. 100%. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So... Absolutely. So, um, but basically what, what we're doing here is that we're hooking into the specific HTML uh, structure and then adding the, the injecting basically the video to be played over there. So it, it is a cool, it's it's a really good and cool and clever way of doing things uh, for sure. Now, not out of the box though. Now, from the 365 message center show uh, with Daniel and Daryl, and there was a new uh, post uh, around Microsoft Loop app coming to pop up, pop, 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 pop. Correct. And and there's a lot of other stuff as well. So SharePoint list uh, with approvals and, and Viva Connection customer facing analytics and all of that stuff as well. So basically, again, a weekly summary on what are the new uh, experiences. And then they change the title based on the most exciting for them. And Daryl has been promoting the Microsoft Loop for a long time. He's Definitely super excited on that. And it looks really awesome. And it is actually really, really good. So for sure. Now, there was also an, uh, a new version of the BMPJS available uh, since last Friday, um, uh, published by Julie Turner. Um, so 3.13.0, uh, which was released Friday, releasing version 13. That's always good. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm living in the house number of 13. So, you know, I don't... Uh, Consider that as a exactly, and I realized that when I'm flying on a plane, I typically take the row 13 if that's available, and I typically have a free seat right next to me. So there's clearly some sort of a people <laughs> avoiding. Well, but it's also the thing like you mentioned that you live in a house number 13, and you don't see that as a bad luck thing. But on the other hand, yeah. like, 
you replaced almost everything by by now. So, mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the, yeah, the, the house, yeah, that's true. That has been built, crowned <laughs> okay. up hey, pretty much. Nothing to see here. <laughs> it's, exactly. It's okay. And it's the, the direct translation on the house, I have to say, uh, the house road. I'm not going to say obviously the actual address, but it would be something like maintenance road. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> which is actually Very interesting self, as well uh, <laughs> exactly yes. yeah so <clears throat> have you been built have you been maintaining a lot of the house yeah we have <laughs> all the time <laughs> exactly moving from one project to another yeah it's it is what it is but it's home it's okay it's fine it's it's okay Anyway, uh, then uh, April Dunham had a new video related on Power Apps Copilot, which is here, uh, and and it, she shows how to get started on using that in this great 10-minute video. Uh, awesome stuff. Um, as as we chatted, uh, the Power Platform Copilot features were enabled last week um, as part of the announcement of Copilot rolling out as well. So super super cool stuff. Thank you, April, for showcasing things. And as she's uh, saying this, I'm gonna actually play this without the audio. I think there was a good effect. It is crown-breaking. There we go. <laughs> oh, for those who didn't see it, it was like zoom, zoom, zoom. Yes. <laughs> now, Shane Young had also a co-pilot for Power Apps, makers and users. They take demo on, on how that does work. Again, a lot of uh, co-pilot power uh, Power Platform AI stuff uh, released last week, uh, for sure. Um, and Chain is always prepping his videos um, with the new features as well. So super, super awesome stuff. And then the last one uh, was around how to create a people picker in Power Apps by Giuliano De Luca. Um, so basically building a custom people picker, uh, which is then searching things using search. Yes, it's using search, uh, finding the relevant information and all of that stuff. So thank you, Giuliano, on that. But that's it for now. So this one, um, and I'm just realizing that we are out of time. We are exactly on time. We are not out of time. We are on time, and our guest is waiting in the lobby. So, yes. Thank you, Corey, for one more time for the interview, uh, which we will move into doing right now uh, because <laughs> we're back uh, to we the future. Actually, by now, so. Yes. Anyway, uh, thank you for everybody watching. Uh, please use hashtag PMP Weekly in, in Twitter. Uh, easier for us to find what, what awesome stuff to do um, and feedback and suggestions. Always welcome. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Waldeck. Thanks, Corey. Mm -hmm.